1: Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My voice is almost back. Still a little bit of it missing. Tried to sing this weekend. A little bit missing on the high notes. Uh, But I'm feeling much better. Well rested. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. Um, Christmas was was great here. Not as much about what we get, though I did get a huge fish tank, which I'm happy about. Um, Mainly about the kids. And seeing my son open up all the presents from Santa, um, he did in record time. My goodness. Ran down the stairs at 8 a.m. before we could even catch up with them. And before we could even set up the video camera, he had already opened up half of them. Baby Michael also had a great Christmas. He has his little uh, ride-on dinosaur. I don't know where my wife found it. She found it somewhere. You sit on the dinosaur, you hold the reins, you push a button, and it just rides around the house. That's that's fun. Um most of Michael's presents were hand-me-down presents from Max Jr. Couldn't uh <laughs> I couldn't in in good conscience buy more plastic crap and bring into the house when we have all of those leftover toys that Max Jr hasn't seen in years and Michael has never seen before. But he got some cool stuff. Let me know in the comment section if you did anything exciting for Christmas. Um now it's behind us. Now New Year's, another short week. This week, though, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do shows on New Year's Eve. Um, New Year's Eve is not the same as Christmas Eve. <laughs> We'll do shows on New Year's Eve, but a short work for everyone who works according to the federal holiday calendar. And then the week after, I'm actually out. I'm going to be um, on vacation. So still be doing the Facts Blast. Might call into the show uh, every now and then, but... The time difference is going to make it very, very hard. Um, so, yeah, no, it really crazy couple of weeks for me. Um, I know everyone else has, has other things planned. But let's dive into what happened because on New Year's Eve, <laughs> we were gifted with footage of Joe Biden saying, let's go, Brandon. So NORAD tracks Santa every year, and the President of the United States... Always does calls for children calling in to find out where Santa is. So Joe Biden did that. He he took calls on New Year's Eve, and one of those calls came from a father. I'm not going to re- repeat his name here because he he wants to have some anonymity, but the left's trying to destroy him now. The father calls in, he's on the phone for a, a minute or two, going through what all of his kids want for Christmas. And Joe Biden. <laughs> Well, he ends the call by saying, Let's go, Brandon. And Joe Biden, in true dementia fashion, says, I agree. Let's go, Brandon. If you haven't already seen this, I'm still stunned that it happened. Miss Bruce, let's play Cut One.
0: This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. (laughs) That's
1: right. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Merry Christmas, and let's
0: go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Hey, by the way, are you in Oregon?
1: Where's your home? So, I agree. He says, I agree. Let's go, Brandon. Then he follows it up with, are you in Oregon? Where's your home? And there's a moment there where you can tell that Jill Biden knew exactly what was going on. Jill Biden knew what was going on and Joe Biden didn't. He went with the flow. Now, some people are saying that, yeah, that was him trying to defuse the situation. No. Because Let's Go Brandon is basically code for F Joe Biden. For Joe Biden to be on the air and say, yes, I agree. Essentially, F Joe Biden. I mean, what are we even doing here? Now, I know people say <clears throat> you can't remove him from office because Kamala Harris would be worse. This guy just got on camera and and did the equivalent of cursing himself off. Uh, yeah, Kamala Harris, terrible. She would be impeachable on day one, though. But you can't let this guy stay in office. I mean, could you imagine? It would never come to it. It would never come to Donald Trump ever saying, "Yeah, f Trump." He would never say that. <laughs> Joe Biden, on camera, saying, "Let I agree, I agree." That's the bit. I mean that that's the that's the part that you can't brush that away. If if he was like, "Oh yeah, 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 let's go, Brandon," that'd be one thing. But he said, "I agree, let's go, Brandon," and the body language from Jill Biden, says it all. She knew exactly what was going on. Joe Biden didn't. Joe Biden didn't. The caller also recorded the call from his end, which is why the left is now going after him, because he's no longer anonymous. They can see what he looks like. Miss Bruce, let's play a little bit of this. Cut number two. <laughs> That's right. Hey, well... I hope you have a wonderful yeah i hope you guys have a wonderful christmas as well merry christmas Christmas, Christmas. and let's go brandon bye bye and he's cut off so he recorded on his end too so obviously he knew he was going to do this Posted it to his youtube page and the left went after him the left went after him like i haven't seen them go after someone like this in a few weeks. Let's be honest. They do this every couple of weeks. But they want to destroy this man. They want him to have no job. They want him to be homeless. That's their, that's their whole deal. That's their whole game. So <clears throat> they're saying that he wasn't civil. Which, yeah, I, I can understand it. Fine. A, a, a call-in hour for children to talk to the President of the United States about Santa Claus. I get it. Not the time for politics. But if you get Joe Biden on the phone and you don't say, let's go, Brandon. I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> how how do you miss? How do you how do you skip that opportunity? And knowing that Joe Biden oh, there, the voice is starting to go again. Knowing that Joe Biden has such a proclivity for putting his foot in his mouth, saying stupid things. How are they not broadcasting this on a tape toy? How are they not broadcasting this on at least a five second dump so that they could literally have cut his call the minute he said, Let's go, Brandon, and no one ever would have heard it? Like, this is, this is what doesn't make sense for me. You have to be, if you know the president is this unpopular, you have to have it on a dump. You have to have an employer, an employee with their, their finger on the dump button to dump the call on a delay. If anything even starts look, sounding like it was going to go sideways. Well, CNN <clears throat> has proclaimed that this is tantamount to insurrection. We've heard them say a lot of things over the past year, call a lot of different things insurrection. But now CNN says that telling the president of the United States, let's go, Brandon, is insurrection. I I can't even say it with a straight face. Mr. British, let's play cut number three.
2: Let's go, Brandon. For those who don't know, is slang for F Joe Biden. Uh, Ron, the president is trying to be nice to kids. Uh, He doesn't really have to do this. They were very pleasant. What does it tell you that somebody is rude like that and disrespects the office of the president to his face
0: uh, about the political climate in this country? Yeah, look, I, you know, it's ungracious, it's juvenile, it's reprehensible by the father. Uh, but I don't think it's fundamentally about incivility. I think it is fundamentally about insurrection. Um, you know, I don't know the, the, the individual, but the, the whole let's go, Brandon kind of motif is a reflection of the view, two thirds of the Republican uh, base, driven by Trump's claims, uh, false claims and the big lie that Biden is an illegitimate president. Um, and it reflects as well the, the findings in multiple polls by the American Enterprise Institute Vanderbilt University and others that a majority of Republican voters now say the american way of life is disappearing so so fast the traditional American way of life that we may have to use force to save it I think you're seeing this is a manifestation not just of incivility but of the fundamental view of the illegitimacy and the ominous shores that we're kind of sailing toward very quickly uh, in 2022 and especially 2020
1: Oh my goodness, the incivility. Where was this guy, I don't know, from 2015 to 2020? Where was he? Because we put on my screen, Miss Producer. I seem to remember this woman, Julie Briskman, though she did lose her job, if we can put it on my screen, though she did lose her job for giving the Trump motorcade the middle finger, she was ultimately elected to County Board of Supervisors in Loudoun County. That's before the red wave in Loudoun County. She was elected, and she was praised in the media. They said, oh, it's her First Amendment right to flick off the President of the United States driving down the road. Where was his talk about civility then? Where, where was the talk about civility? I don't seem to remember them being all that concerned about civility. We can take this down, Mr. Producer when you had a Shakespearean play put on in the park of with Donald Trump being assassinated. I don't seem to remember the, the talk about civility when you had photo shoots of a B-list actress holding Donald Trump's severed head up. I don't remember any of the talk of civility. They said that that was art. They said that was protected free speech. But a guy gets on the phone with Joe Biden and jokes and says, let's go, Brandon. And all of a sudden, oh, that's insurrection. That is tantamount to Civil War talk. If we go to image number four, this is how ABC referred to it. And father uses vulgar insult during holiday call with President Joe Biden, a vulgar insult. No, the whole point of saying let's go, Brandon, is so you don't have to use vulgarity. So you don't have to use expletives. No, it wasn't vulgar. It was deliberately not vulgar. If he had gotten on that call and said, F Joe Biden, I'd be in the same boat Said, said, no, nah, yeah, it's not the place for that. Little kids are watching. You can't just be shouting the F bomb on national television. This, the whole purpose of Let's Go Brandon, is to, is to exple- express your displeasure without having to resort to expletives. Well, NBC News took it one step further. Let's put up image number five. Parent uses right-wing slur during Biden call with NORAD Santa Tracker. A right-wing slur. He slurred. Where's the headline that says Joe Biden agrees also uses right-wing slur? You notice how that's not in the headline? It's not talking about Joe Biden using right-wing slur. Joe Biden using vulgarity? No, because it's, when he says it, it's fine. When someone else says it, it's not fine. <laughs> Where's the headline? <clears throat> Geriatric dementia-ridden president curses himself off on television. Where's that headline? I mean, that that seems to be the story. Yeah, you can say it's not the place for it. Fine, fine. I still think you have the opportunity. You take it. You have to take that shot. You have to take the opportunity to trick Joe Biden into saying, let's go, Brandon. You have to. And I don't think that the caller ever expected that that would be Joe Biden's response. And if you listened, when he was showing it from his end, they cut him off immediately after he said, let's go, Brandon. So he didn't get to hear Joe Biden reply, I agree, let's go, Brandon. You got. You got to take that shot. But the left loves to say it's vulgar, it's vulgar, it's vulgar, it's vulgar, it's vulgar. I don't seem to remember them being all that concerned when Robert De Niro went on stage at an award ceremony and literally shouted, F Donald Trump. I don't remember the pearl clutching from Democrats then. In fact, we're going to play the clip. In fact, he was met with thunderous applause from Hollywood. So we're going to play this clip. Discretion. There is an F word. We didn't bleep it out. There is an F word here. So discretion advised. Mr. Brewster, play cut number six.
2: I'm going to say one thing. Trump.
1: And smiling. I rather be your he's so strong. Standing ovation. Oh, they're standing for it.
2: It's no longer down with Trump, it's f Trump.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, another raucous applause.
2: Now I'll get to this my introduction.
1: Tony Works. The Tony Awards. Where was the NBC headline saying Robert De Niro uses left-wing slur against the president? As he said? It wasn't there. They, the, the, they were too busy clapping, applauding it. No, I mean, it's just... Come on. I mean, I, I, I know that the left are hypocrites. I get that, right? I, I get that they are hypocritical in nature, but this is too much. Come on. You, you have them applauding him, screaming, F Trump, applauding it. And a guy says, let's go, Brandon. And they freak out. They completely, completely freak out. Let's read some of the tweets. Go ahead put put on my screen, Mr. Producer. This is from Jeremy Diamond. I don't know who that is. He says, on a call with President Biden, First Lady Joe Biden, intended for kids calling into NORAD to track Santa. A father ended the call by saying, let's go, Brandon, which is code for F Joe Biden. That's correct. Biden replied, let's go, Brandon. I agree. Biden had just wished the father and kids a Merry Christmas for what it, what it's worth and spent time asking the kids what they wanted for Christmas. People can't even set aside their whatever this is, not even in Christmas, in front of their children. I'm old enough to remember several days of outrage from conservatives over lack of civility because Sarah Sanders was asked to leave a restaurant. They don't. They, they, they don't get it. They don't get it at all. Next one. Edward Isaac Dover. Consider the mentality here of the father whose child is excited to talk about Santa Claus and then also gets to talk to the president, first lady. But he waits out the end of the call to sneak in a cutesy way of flipping off the president on Christmas Eve. (laughs) I like this one. I'd buy him a beer. Oh, it says it's like the last five years never happened. Exactly. Exactly. Here we go. So many people are broken. I know we're all supposed to say this isn't be a big deal, but that's dumb. It is a big deal. The third of the country is angry and crazy. Again, it's like the last five years didn't happen. It's like the last five years didn't happen. Come on. <laughs> right here. Exactly. It's like that's that didn't happen. Come on. Come on. And then one more. Still deeply unsettling that MAGA people express such deep hatred for Joe Biden. Deeply unsettling. I mean, th- this has to be a joke, right? I mean, th- they can't seriously be, be trying to claim the moral high ground here, can they? You had Snoop Dogg put out a video of him pointing a gun at the president of the United States, obviously a clown version of the president of the United States. Where was the pearl clutching then? Now, come on. Come on. This has to be a joke, right? It can't be. This can't be real outrage. I I, I do suspect that it actually is. We got to take down my screen. There's also a little let's go, Brandon that snuck into a Nancy Pelosi event. A man interrupted a Nancy Pelosi event last week with a chant of, let's go, Brandon. Let's go ahead and play that cut number seven.
2: For the state legislature, this is, this is it. So in any case, mark of Mark
1: <laughs> <laughs> just completely, just completely uh interrupts it. Now I, I I understand that there's a time and place for everything. And some people think that the time and place for a let's go Brandon USA chant is not when Nancy Pelosi is trying to give a press conference, but I happen to disagree. I think that's the perfect place. There was an op ed written last week. Uh, if we go ahead and put up my screen, Miss Producer, by Brandon Brown, the NASCAR driver who won the Xfinity series and was being interviewed by an NBC reporter who infamously now mistook, or I, I don't think she actually mistook. I think she was trying to cover it up, basically claimed that the, ch- the crowd was chanting, let's go, Brandon, when they were actually chanting F Joe Biden. He wrote this op-ed in Newsweek last week, and I want to read a bit of it. My name is Brandon. This is the title, opinion. My name is Brandon. Brandon Brown, to be specific. Yes, that Brandon. I am I am Brandon, the NASCAR driver, an unlikely meme, a 28-year-old who now finds himself in the middle of the American political conversation. As a pro driver, I never expected to be in the passenger seat of my own viral moment. On October 2nd, I won the NASCAR Xfinity Series, yada, yada, yada. Um, in a post-race interview after the win, I accidentally became one of the most famous drivers of NASCAR. Thousands of fans could be heard, heard chanting what the reporter incorrectly said was, let's go, Brandon. And a meme was born. Since that race, my name has been chanted in literally hundreds of stadiums across the country, spanning nearly every conceivable sport and then some. I've heard my name chanted in bars, at events, in the course of everyday life, and even in the chambers of Congress. I am fully aware that the millions of Americans chanting my name know little about me or about my winning the Talaga race that day. But I've spent the last few years getting to know more last few weeks getting to know more about them and i'd like to share a little more about myself all the advice i got from those around my racing career was to stay quiet after that now famous interview no one knew how my sponsors would react and in my world there was no car to drive without the sponsors so i kept quiet i turned down more press requests than i imagined someone could ever get especially someone just starting his nascar career i was afraid of being canceled by my sponsors or by the media for being caught up in something that has little to do with me Those who thought this would go away appear not to understand why millions of people are chanting my name. Racing at 200 miles an hour doesn't give me a lot of time to think about politics. And even if it it did, I've always preferred the roar of the engine to the roar of my voice. My job is to run the next lap faster than the last one. Politics has never been that interesting to me, though. Like most, I have always had the impression that politicians were likely the cause of more problems than they were the solutions. I like that. These last few weeks, I've spent a lot of time trying to understand why millions of people are chanting my name. I mean, besides my mom, dad, and my late grandfather who have cheered me on my entire life, let's go brandy is something I've always heard from them, but now it's something about more than just me. I think I understand. I understand that millions of people are struggling right now and are frustrated, struggling to get by and struggling to build a solid life for themselves and their families and wondering why their government only seems to make it worse. People have a right to frustration, even anger. Listen, I buy more gas than most. <laughs> I don't like that. per gallon has become the norm. I know the cost of everything is rising, and I know firsthand that making ends meet can be a struggle for middle-class folks like me. I have no interest in leading some political fight. I race cars. I am not going to endorse anyone. I'm certainly not going to tell anyone how to vote, but I'm no longer going to be silent about the situation I find myself in and why millions of Americans are chanting my name. I hear them even if Washington does not. 99% of my time this upcoming NASCAR season will be spent trying to take the next lap a little faster. But when I have the opportunity and the time, I'm not going to hesitate to speak about issues I'm passionate about or the problems we face together as Americans. How you vote is none of my business. Instead, I will use what free time I have to highlight the struggle that we all fear and feel and share as Americans. To my fans, to NASCAR fans, and everyone who's chanting my name, I dedicate myself this upcoming season to compete hard on the racetrack and to spotlight issues that are important to me and to millions of Americans across the country. Let's go, America. So he doesn't say how he votes. He doesn't say who he supports, and that's his business, not ours. You have to think, though, if he was anti-Trump, if he was pro-Joe Biden, he would have come out a little sooner, right? The risk of being canceled is real, and and he's said since then that he's had a hard time getting sponsors lined up. No one wants to be associated with him simply because of that viral moment. That's not right, obviously. Um, but it seems to that he's taking the position that if he's going to be canceled for doing nothing wrong, then he might as well speak his mind, right? If he's going to be canceled as if he spoke his mind, then why remain silent? Why remain silent? I mean, what, what's the point? If they're going to stop sponsoring him, make it impossible for him to earn a living, then he might as well speak out and let everyone know what he thinks. So that was an op-ed that he wrote last week. Weak. No, this is kind of—I mean, going back to it, the fact that Joe Biden actually said, "Let's go, Brandon." I agree. That is absolutely disqualifying. I mean, when when Joe Biden was sworn in, he took that oath of office. He swore to faithfully execute the, the his oath of office and to his be- to the best of his ability defend the Constitution of the United States. He is very clearly in mental decline. I mean, he's, it's very clear that he's not all there. When Joe Biden swore that he was going to do the job to the best of his ability, the minute he realized that he was unable to fulfill that oath, he had an obligation to resign. I mean, that, that's the whole reason you say that, right? I will do this to the best of my ability. If you're unable to to meet that promise then you are a violation of your oath, yeah, Joe Biden has to be removed from office. I know people say, oh, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Kamala is impeachable on day one. So if you can remove Joe Biden from office, you can also remove Kamala Harris from office. He's impe- she's impeachable on day one. But w- what's the alternative? Let's be honest for a second. What's the alternative? You have a man in office who is who who shifts between being out of it and being lucid. When he's out of it, he actually curses himself off on TV. When he's lucid, he explicitly and unapologetically violates the Constitution. We have Joe Biden on tape saying that he understood his eviction moratorium was unconstitutional, but he was going to sign it anyway. It was struck down by the Supreme Court. He said he knew the Supreme Court was going to strike it down, but he wanted to do it anyway because he had to do something. Well, no. Again, he swore to faithfully execute the laws of the United States and the responsibilities as president and to uphold and defend the Constitution when you explicitly unapologetically violate the Constitution you violate that oath I mean that is impeachable what do you do when you have a president who violates his oath of office and is quite literally unfit for the position what do you do I'll tell you what I'll tell you what you don't do you don't leave this ignoramus in office for fear that the next person up would be worse that is a terrifying precedent that's that's terrifying because then instead of picking a picking a, a vice president from a swing state who can help you win, you want to pick a vice president who's going to make the Congress afraid of impeaching you. Now, if you violate your oath of office, if you commit a high crime or misdemeanor, the solution is your removal from office. There are three ways to remove a president from office. Voting him out on Election Day, 25th Amendment, which would be the the cabinet voting, voting that he's unfit and removing him, or impeachment. Don't trust his cabinet to do the right thing. And we can't afford to wait until 2024. Actually, it would be 2025 at this point. It would be four years from now. Can't afford to wait. So the only option is to remove him from office. Now, yeah, it's a tall order. But if you'll remember, Democrats started very, very early pushing the impeach Trump they 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 brought it to the floor every time Trump said anything wrong I right? remember he, he when he said that the NFL players should stop kneeling and shut up he was impeached he was a uh, there was uh they introduced impeachment articles for that the Democrats used their power Nancy Pelosi used her power to force a vote on articles of impeachment because Donald Trump told NFL players to stop kneeling for the national anthem that was a vote that happened That got news coverage. Every single time Donald Trump did anything, there were Democrats lining up to impeach him. And the Democrat leadership was more than happy to help force the vote. You know, if you don't have the majority in the House of Representatives, the only way you can force a vote, there's two ways. You can do it through a, um, a discharge petition, which basically means it has enough votes to pass. So therefore, you have to less vote on it. The other way is through a privileged resolution. Privilege resolution can only be introduced by the Speaker of the House, the House Minority Leader, and the House Majority Leader. So the House Minority Leader at the time was Nancy Pelosi. She had the power to introduce legislation to force a vote on it. And she did it. Notice that Kevin McCarthy has not once exercised this power. Why isn't he? forcing a vote. Now, Yet you, you know you're going to lose that vote. You're not going to win the vote the first time. But every time the Democrats did it, they got more and more votes until eventually, as we all know, they had enough votes to impeach him. Not once, but twice. You got to start somewhere. You have to start pushing this now. But no, Republicans won't do that. Republicans are more interested in fundraising than they are in actually winning got to take a, a moment real quick, Miss Bruce, if you can put up my screen. This podcast is sp- sponsored by the Conservative Daily Store. And and speaking of Let's Go Brandon, we still have our Let's Go Brandon t-shirts available. So if you're still looking for something to get that loved one or friend in your life after Christmas, you need to get them something, check out store.conservative-daily.com and pick up a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt or any of the other anti-Joe Biden t-shirts that are up there. And we have a lot more coming, by the way. Miss Bruce, if you could go ahead and take down my screen. So, you know, you have to remove Joe Biden. And you can't let Kamala Harris stop that from happening. Maybe Kamala Harris is worth worse. Maybe. Maybe it's even probably. But that is an excuse to allow for, for violations of the oath of office to go unchallenged, unpunished. Maybe that makes me a minority opinion on this. I'm also of the belief that if you can remove Joe Biden, you can remove Kamala Harris. She is the most unpopular vice president in at least, I mean, uh, Dick Cheney was pretty bad. I mean, he had not as a person, but his his approval numbers were pretty bad. Um, Kamala Harris is right there, right there with him. I'll tell you how bad Kamala Harris's approval numbers are. Um, Mr. Producer, go ahead, put up my screen. She is now meeting with Hillary Clinton to go over advice how to become more likable. This is from the Daily Mail. Kamala Harris has told confidants she would get better press coverage if she was a white man and has turned to Hillary Clinton for advice to reverse the dire polls. Now, if this sounds like, an, like a Babylon B headline, Kamala Harris asks Hillary Clinton for advice to become more likable, That's because it was, it was a Babylon B headline to improve public perception. Kamala Harris takes likability lessons from Hillary Clinton. We are, we have, we have reached peak meme. The memes have become reality. They have quite literally taken the phrase, don't let your memes be dreams, literally. And Kamala Harris is now (laughs) asking Hillary Clinton for advice. Come on. This can't be real. This is the kind of stuff I I can't I'm, I can't believe it's real, <coughs> but it is. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it is. Oh man, uh, let me know in the comments. Do you think that Hillary Clinton is going to make Kamala Harris more likable or not? I don't think she will, <laughs> but I guess it's I guess it's worth a try, right? I guess it's worth a try. So over the weekend, we also had Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci loves to get on those Sunday shows. He loves to get on the Sunday shows, and he loves to make news. The latest news from Anthony Fauci is that he is up for anything if it means getting more people or pressuring more people into get vaccinated. Up for anything. The key part here, Bruce, let's play cut eight.
0: Um, l- let me ask you about something else uh, from, from the president's interview with, with David. Uh, the, the David asked uh, about uh, the vaccine, the lack of a vaccine requirement for air travel. There is no vaccine requirement for domestic air travel in the United States. Um, and, and when the president was asked, should there be one, he said that his team has, has said it's not necessary uh, at this point. Do, do you agree with that? That, that, that there shouldn't be a vaccine requirement for domestic
2: air travel? Well, it depends on what you want to use it for. I mean, vaccine requirements for people coming in from other countries is to prevent newly infected people from getting into the country. A vaccine requirement for a person getting on the plane is just another level of getting people to have a mechanism that would spur them to get vaccinated. Namely, you can't get on a plane unless you're vaccinated, which is just another one of the ways of getting requirements, whatever that might be. So, I mean, anything that could get um, people more vaccinated would be welcome. But with regard to the spread of virus in the country, I mean, I think if you look at wearing a mask and the filtration on, on planes, things are reasonably safe. We want to make sure people keep their masks on. I think the idea of taking masks off, in my mind, is, is really not something we should even be considering, which but is that's what we meant by it depends on what the goal of getting people vaccinated before they get.
1: So as long as the goal is to get people vaccinated, he's down for anything. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that the whole point of the Bill of Rights is to stop tyrants like this, to stop tyrannical governments like this. No, forcing people to get vaccinated in order to fly across state lines or to travel across state lines is not acceptable. Supreme Court has held on multiple occasions that Americans have a general uh, right to travel, freedom of movement. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean you you always have the right to get on an airplane if you are put on the no-fly list. You got to fight that. As unconstitutional as it is, you got to fight it. If you're kicked off the plane by an air marshal, sorry, (laughs) you got to fight that. It's not a it's not an unlimited right to travel by air, but the notion that you can force everyone to get a shot in order to fly, or to get a shot in order to drive on an interstate, or to take hop on a train, or to hop on a bus, it's just so obviously unconstitutional. But no, as far as Fauci is concerned, it's acceptable. It's acceptable as long as um as long as it's in the effort to get more people vax mr producer i sent over a video did you get that i did Yep. okay can we get it ready to play it is ready to play when you're ready okay so um this popped up in my news feed again i saw this over the over the over the weekend it almost ruined my christmas it's really stretched out it's it's stretched out it'll be fine it's from tiktok um the liberals on TikTok are, are insane. So let, let's go ahead and play this video. This <laughs> warning, it's going to make your ears bleed, but let's play it. All I want for Christmas is you to be accountable for all your bigotry. Santa, won't you bring me what I really need? Won't you please? And the white, cisgender, heterosexual, able-bodied, neurotypical, fatphobic, conventionally attractive patriarchy. Uh, (laughs) I can't get over it. One, singing's terrible, and I can't really talk because I am perpetually losing my voice the last week. Uh, (laughs) My goodness. My goodness. That is unironic. That was unironically posted. Someone posted that and said, "Wow, I did a good job." People replied, "Wow, so beautiful, stunning, brave," and they said it unironically. Oh man, I, I could, I could get, I could get into a whole, <laughs> I could get sucked into a liberal TikTok, which again, if you haven't. Make sure you follow Libs of TikTok on Twitter. They help do a lot of the research for you so you don't need to. I just sent over another video, Miss Producer, of liberals at Christmas when one of their family members tests positive for COVID. They literally put them in a little tent. They put them in a little tent and force them to eat their dinner in a little tent. Do we got that, Miss Producer? Almost. Almost, almost. Well, it's ready. Wow, he's d- oh, it's ready. Let's let's go ahead and play this. Look, she's in a tent. bell put, put, put her in a tent. They put her in a tent. They put her in a tent. Now, first of all, that tent is not going to stop the spread of respiratory illnesses. <laughs> it's just not. You can see the dogs swatting at the zipper. That tent's not going to do crap. If, if if she has COVID-19, chances are everyone in that room probably also got it. But they put her in a tent? In a tent? <sighs> I, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. If anyone's wondering what they can get me for Christmas, if if you want to get me a present. Still time. You put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Apparently, they are now selling these Anthony Fauci action figures. And advertises with removable mask. Why would it make the mask removable when he says we can never take it off? Ages 14 plus. Why would an action figure be 14 plus? That's oddly and strangely specific. But no, they now have Anthony Fauci action figures. Anthony Fauci action figures. Add it to your collection. <laughs> oh man, what what the hell is the world coming to? We have Anthony Fauci action figures. We have him unapologetically saying, "Yeah, let's just uh, let's just violate the Constitution, violate people's rights. Let's just do it. Ain't no thing." I. <clears throat> <Not, laughs> Christmas was great, spending time with friends and family. If I hadn't turned off the news, if I haven't, if I hadn't unplugged, I probably probably would have ruined my Christmas. Just seeing, just seeing what is going on in the country. <coughs> I don't even know anymore. So, in other news, <sighs> there was a poll done by Rasmus, And This is my favorite poll, not by a long shot, but. Rasmussen has been asking the same question for a while. So going to report it. They did a poll about Zuckerberg. I can go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. They did a poll about Zuckerberg asking Americans what they thought about Zuckerberg's attempt to spend millions of dollars to influence the outcome of the election. 70% of likely voters believe that's a bad thing. Yeah, of course because it was presented as being bad. It is bad, but this is why you have to be really careful with uh, with polls like this, because this is what's called a push poll. Push polls are polls that are designed to get people to a certain conclusion. They're usually very short. They usually only have four or five, maybe six questions. And each question is designed to inform the voter about what they should think, and then at the very end, they ask, "What do you think?" So, uh, let me see if I can if I can pull it. Oh no, where'd it go? Here we go. So the survey question wording was, "How closely?" Let me zoom in so this, make this bigger. I said, "How closely have you followed news stories about Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's efforts to influence the U.S. elections?" So people who say yes, obviously that they're going to be informed about it. Lots of people say no. So when people say no, they respond. They say it has been reported that Mark Zuckerberg spent hundreds of millions of dollars to influence the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Is this a good thing or bad thing for American democracy or does it make or does it not make much of a difference? So that is not really a question. It's a question, but it's a statement. So see, they're pushing them towards a certain conclusion. Then they say, which is more important, making it easier for everyone to vote or making sure there is no cheating in elections? So after they just said there was cheating, they say, what's important? Stopping the cheating or making it easier for everyone to well, Of course, people say stop the cheating. And then at the very end, they say, How likely is it that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 presidential election? And of that, 59% of respondents said they believe that cheating affected the outcome. So yeah, obviously there was cheating in 2020. I'm um, obviously, right? We we know it was stolen. We know that Mark Elias was traveling around the country with democracy docket to challenge state constitutions, challenge state laws, and force them to adopt new protocols that would make election fraud easier. We know that that happened, right? We know what went down in Fulton County, Georgia. We know what went down in Maricopa County, Arizona. We know this, right? We know it was stolen. I don't like this poll because it is pushing people to that conclusion. And everything in here is true. And, And these are all fair questions to ask. But after you explain to the person on the other side of the phone that there was cheating, there was cheating, there was cheating, of course you're going to get 59% respondents say that cheating affected the outcome. So yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's it's a fine poll, and it, and it ultimately confirms what we have known for a long time. But it always makes me a little uneasy because I, I hate push polls. Push polls are designed to grab headlines, which is what this this poll did last week. It grabbed headlines because. Not just 59% of Americans believe it was, there was cheating. That's up from the results in October. Like I, As much as I hate the push poll, they've been conducting the same poll for months. So you can actually see the changes in the country's thought processes, right? So in October, it was 56% of Americans believe that there was cheating that affected the outcome of the 2020 election. This month, it was 59 So it's up 3%. So obviously, push poll aside, that's a very significant number. And that's why you're seeing so many Democrats resigning, retiring. They know that this is going to be a bloodbath for them in the midterm elections. But you're also seeing Democrats trying to fight back. So if you look at a poll like that, this is 59% of the American people think that the 2020 election was stolen. If you're the the party that stole the election, what is your solution? Well, in a perfect world, it would be to wage combat on the battlefield of ideas and to defeat the Republicans by offering better solutions for the country. That would be like the ideal way. No, what Democrats are doing instead is they are trying to change the election laws to make it easier to steal future elections. (laughs) All the things that we've talked about, that we've covered, all the ways Democrats stole the election in 2020... They want to now make it permanent in all 50 states. Getting rid of voter IDs. Getting rid of state requirements that you identify yourself when you register to vote. Or identify yourself when you request an absentee ballot. Making it illegal for dem- for states to remove dead voters from the voter rolls. Or voters who had moved away. Or voters who had committed a felony and became ineligible. Keeping dirty rolls in existence. Mandating that every state offer universal, no questions asked, no excuses, mail-in voting. Forcing all states to expand their early voting, even if they already have weeks of early voting. Nope, make it more. I mean, all of these are designed to increase Democrat turnout and to make it easier to steal. The bill I'm talking about, which was written as H.R. 1, but now they're trying to rewrite it to get Joe Manchin on board. But it was originally H.R. 1. That bill would legalize ballot harvesting in all 50 states. So they're keeping the dirty voter rolls. So there's lots of people on those voter rolls who shouldn't be there because they're dead, ineligible, moved away, et cetera. They're removing the requirement that you prove your identity when you request an absentee, absentee ballot or when you turn one in. So other people can vote on behalf of these dead voters or ineligible voters or inactive voters. And then they're legalizing ballot harvesting so that the ballot harvesters can go to the addresses and collect the ballots, either before they've been filled out or after they've been illegally filled out, and to stuff them in the ballot box. Oh, also, another thing this bill does is it shuts down state laws that restrict how and where ballot drop boxes can be placed. So like in Georgia, for example, uh, drop boxes have to either be indoors where an employee can watch it, or have to be under video surveillance. This would get rid of that and allow Democrat cities, counties to flood the streets with ballot drop boxes. Like Once again. This is insane, but this is what the Democrats want to pass because they are looking at the polls, they are looking at the fervor in the country, and they understand that they are dead in the water unless they can find a way to steal it again. Unless they can find a way to steal it again. So, we have to do two things. We have to defeat this bill. I mean, if, if this bill passes, there's nothing left. If this passes into law, there is nothing left. Democrats will be able to steal every single collection. They'd be able to steal Alaska if they wanted. Though so it might be hard to ballot harvest by uh, by sleigh dog. But they could steal every single state if they wanted. You know, we have to defeat this bill. We have to fight back against this bill with everything that we've got, And then we have to make sure that conservatives, true conservatives, are the ones who win the primaries next year. And then we have to defeat every single Democrat on the ballot. I mean, I'm seeing some of these some of these polls suggesting that it could be a 40 vote swing. I want a 60 vote swing. That's because it'd be hard, but I want it. I want 60 Democrats to be replaced by Republicans in the House, in the Senate. That would be fantastic. I think probably more realistic in the 30 to 40 range. But it would be really nice to, <laughs> to go even higher. But that's our mission. Defeat this bill. If we can defeat the bill, we have a chance. They're still going to steal it. They're still going to try everything they can to steal it. But if we can defeat this bill, we can actually have a chance. And then if we all get out, if we drag everyone out to vote, vote in person, if we drag everyone out to vote, we can take this country back. We can do it. Then, what do I mean, then, then it's, 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 it gets fun, right? Then, then you can have a conversation about impeaching Joe Biden. And it's not just to try and gain momentum, it's you actually have the ability to do it. But it all starts with us. I mean, I mean, that's, that's what's so great about this country. You, you can, Look at it and you can feel like you're powerless. You can feel like the the people at the top hold all the power. But at the end of the day, you have that power. You have the power to change the trajectory of the country. You have the power to change our fate as a nation. And it's very important to not get discouraged. It's very important to keep that fire alive because the only way we win, as I say every time I end the podcast, is if we all stand up and fight together. I mean, we've seen races. In Virginia, for an example, where the decision on whether the state legislature the was going to be Republican or Democrat ultimately got decided, I think by like a few dozen votes. Every vote really does matter, and if you if you see Joe Biden saying "Let's go, Brandon," cursing himself off on TV, I mean that that should be as <laughs> obviously it's hilarious, but that should be all the motivation you need because th- th- we have literally a man in serious mental decline as the leader of the free world with a Democrat Congress. The fact that we've been able to stop them from passing anything significant so far is a miracle. And it, 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 Yeah, there's some divine intervention there, but it is you guys. It's you guys putting pressure on Congress to stop them from passing these insane bills. Kirsten Cinema doesn't flip on her own. Joe Manchin doesn't flip on his own. It's pressure from people like you. So yeah, we can take this. Take this back. We can win this. But it really is going to take all of us fighting together. Well, that's going to be it for this um, edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition. All those links are in the description, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so we can climb up in those rankings once again. We go live 11 a.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in for that. And if you need a reminder, if you're one of the Facebook refugees, because we're no longer broadcasting on Facebook, if you need a reminder, text the word FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system. And you'll get a notification about what we're talking about and how, when, and where you can watch. i going to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by MyPillow. There's still time to take advantage of the great deals over at mypillow.com. Pillows are the cheapest they've ever been. Use promo code cd 21 Charlie Delta 21 to get up to 66% off your order. It's the best promo code available. And full disclosure, when you do use promo code CD21, we are going to get a small commission on the order. Helps us keep the lights on, helps us grow the show, yada, yada, yada. So that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.